Hello everybody, welcome back to Young and Biblical. My name is Cruz, and today we're continuing on into James 1, our study of going through James, and I'm really excited for it. But last week, if you missed last week's episode, was an interview with my good friend Eric Lofton. It was probably my favorite um, episode ever to record. It was just such a good time. I loved learning more about Eric and his walk with Christ. So if you missed that episode, please go check it out. It's the previous episode, just it's easy to find on Spotify or whatever software you're using. So um, I want to talk about myself for a little bit. Right now, um, I'm in school at Ole Miss. This is my last semester, and currently I'm applying to be a, a police officer in Oxford. So I would, I would ask that y'all would be in prayer for my uh, training for it. I have a physical training test coming up, so be in prayer for that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I really need to talk about for myself. Um, so getting into the episode, just a recap of the first episode, which was the first 11 verses and, um, James in this book, he said, or the first 11 verses, he basically talked about the value of trials and how God used them to perfect, uh, a Christian and how to get the right perspective on what you like what you're going through and why you're going through it and how difficult it is to do that um and he then talked about the consequences of obedience and disobedience and the source of temptations so that people reading it could manage their trials effectively and a little heads up, I am using a commentary on these episodes on James 1, and hopefully for future episodes. Um, it's on soniclight.com. It's by a guy, I still don't know the name of the preacher that did it, but it was a former preacher who put all his sermons online so that people could like look at them, read them, and uh, grow close to God through them. So that's what I'm using if you want to follow along there. But yeah, that's all I have for the introduction. So let's get into James 1, verses 12 through 18. All right, starting in verse 12, going to 18. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Life can be hard sometimes, and that's going to happen, you know. Life is never going to just be straightforward and easy. And if it is, you're not growing during that time. God uses the trials that we go through whatever we go through, um, whether it be like a death of a family member, loss of a job, loss of a relationship, whatever it may be, he uses that to make us stronger. And we have to have the right mindset. Talking back 
or going back to the first um, part that we did on James 1, it, it was so focused on having the right mindset, the right attitude to get the most out of your trials. You know, um, practice is going to make perfect. And when we have gone through so many trials and we have gone to God through them uh, over and over again, you know, we're going to be stronger because of that. We are made better Christians because of our faith in Christ when we go through trials and go to him with it. And that's very important. And that's what it's talking about here um, in the first verse that we just read in James. Um, verse 12 it is, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Um, my commentary that I'm using, it references Revelations 2, verse 10. In that verse, it says, do not, fear for, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. There's so many stories of martyrs of Christians that have been murdered for their faith. And they became martyrs, obviously. Um, they knew what was waiting for them when they died. They knew that once they died, they're in heaven with Christ. And the payoff for the life full of suffering, full of trials, for, full of tribulations, every temptation, every sin that they faced paid off in that moment. Once they died, they were in heaven with Christ. And there's truly not a greater payoff, you know. Our life may be hard. It may be difficult. And it may get worse. And I'm, I'm trying not to sugarcoat it here. Like, things, things are going to be bad. And there's nothing we can really do about it but go to Christ with it. And if we go to Christ with it, we'll be stronger because of it. And we'll have that giant payoff that ultimate reward of being in heaven with Christ once we die. That's all that matters when we are facing our trials. You know, just the the mindset that this is leading to something, you know. I've I've played sports pretty much all through my schooling, like from elementary, I was in T ball, coach pitch, um, soccer, and then on into junior high I played I ran track, I played football, basketball. I played all these sports and I had to train so hard for them. And the mindset that I had needed to have was all of this will pay off. I will be better because of it. The same what thing goes for our temptations and our trials, you know. It's like an intense workout. Um, we are suffering, you know, you just want to quit, you want to give in, but you can't. You can't give in. Because if you give in, you, you become weaker. And I think that's really a perfect analogy for it now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, practice does make perfect. You know, if we are constantly training to become better Christians, you know, every time we resist a temptation, every time we go to Christ with something, we are becoming better and better and better. And the same way for sports, you know. 
the more reps you do working out, the more time you run, the more um, preparation you do for a game, you know, you're getting better because of it in the same way with Christianity. While it is beneficial to go through these temptations and trials, it's never um, pushed on us by God. No. God allows us to experience them. You know, we, we need to experience them, but God never truly tempts us and never hurts us. And, you know, he never does that. And it says it in verse 13, uh, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. God doesn't want us to suffer. God wants us to be with him. He wants this perfect world that uh, we're there with him, and that's all that matters. No sin, no temptation. But we have to show that we want to be with God, you know. We have free will. You know, Adam and Eve showed that. They were in a perfect world with God, and yet uh, Eve was tempted and Adam was tempted to eat the fruit. I was going to say apple, but <laughs> as we know, it's not. it probably was not an apple. Um, but they were tempted with it, and it ruined this perfect world. In the same way, once we sin, and we will, it ruins that perfect world. And God doesn't want to ruin it. That's why he sent Jesus. Um, he sent Jesus so that this perfect world in heaven could be restored. And throughout the whole Bible, you see people being tempted. And one thing that comes to mind, one of my favorite books in the Bible is Job. And in Job, Job is this man after God's own heart. Well, that's, that's David, but uh, <laughs> that's David's nickname, but... He, he truly was a very good man. And um, in the book of Job, God allows for the devil to tempt Job. And the devil, sure enough, does it, man. He takes away everything. Job was a wealthy man. He had a, he had a wife. He had children. He had servants, uh, livestock. He had everything that the world had to offer. And God allowed for the devil to tempt him. And the devil, he took away his family, he took away his money, took away his wife, he took away all the livestock, he took everything from Job. And what did Job do? Job was hurting, you know, and Job didn't give in, you know. Uh, Job allowed for this trial that he was going through, this temptation um, to not break him. And he was close, man. He even talked about, man, he wishes that he would have died on the day he was born. In verse 3 of Job 3, it says, Let the day perish on which I was born, and the night that said a man is conceived. He was suffering hard, and... I think that's a lot, something a lot of people can relate to. Maybe not on the scale that Job faced with losing his family, his health, his his wealth, everything. He lost everything. And 
he was depressed. And that's something that is very prominent in our culture today is depression. You know, people are depressed all the time and there's only one thing you can really do about it. And that is go to God with it. And that's the most important thing that you can do. If, if you're depressed, um, and this isn't my psycho psychological medical medical opinion but you should go to god with it anything that you're going through go to god with it and it may not get resolved instantly you know uh some of god's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers and that's not me just quoting garth brooks but it's it's so true um some some things that we think we need to go away like some of our trials you know you you're praying on your financial trouble you're like god please i need money for rent i need money for tuition all of these things like i just wish it would go away well maybe it doesn't need to um you do need to pay those things but to go through that trial fully and to be stronger because of it is more important than that instant payoff you know, it's this, the, to resist the temptation of, you know, doing something bad, like, this is, this is an extreme scenario, but you go rob a bank to pay for something, or rob somebody to pay for something, that's an instant payoff. It has negative benefits to it, or it has negative side effects to it, but you get that instant payoff, and it's not good for you, but... Say you just work hard and you go to work, you find a job, you work overtime, you do everything in your own power to um, pay off what you need to pay off. That, in the long run, will benefit you more than that instant payoff. You know, that's the most important thing about trials is that you don't have this instant payoff. You have this long-term progression in your mindset and your attitude and your behavior it's it's one of the most important things uh carrying on into verse 14 says but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire we are human you know we're gonna sin and that's that sucks you know i whenever i sin i'm like why why you know was there ever a need for it i i don't need to sin there's no need to sin, and we constantly do it, and we constantly spit in God's face, you know. But that's our own desires tempting us and enticing us and luring us to a horrible thing that we are doing to God, you know. If if God really wanted, he could snap his fingers and we would never sin again. You know, we'd be in there, this perfect relationship with him. And that would be amazing. But no, we have free will. We have free will to do whatever we want. And that's, that's cool and all. But it's, it sucks when we constantly let God down. I feel like for my own self, I am motivated by not wanting to disappoint people, you know, whether it be my mom or my stepdad or my pastor or whoever it may be, I don't want to disappoint them. And the same way with like God, I don't want to disappoint him by sinning. 
and it I constantly do it, and that's that's one of my main motivating factors. Um, and I I don't know if that's true for anybody else. Maybe I'm just rambling here, but that's the way I feel about it. Um, so yeah, God doesn't tempt us. No, He allows us to be tempted so that we may become stronger and more faithful to Him. Carrying on into verse 15, um, it reads, Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. That is so true. You can feel it coming on whenever you are about to sin. You know, there's this little thought in your mind like, oh, I could do this. And then you're like, no, 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 I won't do that. Then a little bit later, it comes back and you're like, oh, maybe, you know. And then later on, you, you end up doing it. And that that is a horrible thing to do. And I hate when I must, I do it, you know. And it's it's really sad to see. Um, and there's this really cool thing in the in the commentary that I'm reading on. It said uh, it's a quote by Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., but like Martin Luther, the guy that did the Protestant Reformation. He said, "You cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from nesting in your hair." That is so true. And to relate that back to um, the sin coming on progressively, you know, you have these thoughts in your head, you have to stop them immediately. You know, you have to realize this is going to lead somewhere. And if it leads to that thing, I'm going to end up sinning. In the same way, if a bird is flying over your head, you know, you shoo it away, like, like, get out of here. But uh, if you just let it happen, you know, they land in your hair and make a nest. And that's a little weird to think about because I don't think many people have ever had a bird nest in their hair. <laughs> I mean, you've definitely had birds fly over your head. Uh, here's a quick little fun story. One time I was, it was a family vacation. I think it was to Destin, Florida. And we went to the beach. They have really beautiful beaches in Destin. And I had gotten some chicken strips with some French fries um, at a little local, like, I guess it was like a snack bar kind of thing. Um, it wasn't really a restaurant, but it was a little hut that had food and stuff. And, you know, I brought it back to where my family was. I was like 12 or 13. I, I don't remember. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I had chicken strips and French fries and there's a little seagull right near me. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to give it a French fry. You know, he looks hungry. So I gave him a French fry. And then a little bit later, you know, more birds kept coming. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I got to eat two. So uh, I threw like one French fry and they all swarmed it. And then all of a sudden, all of the birds, the seagulls converged on me. And they were like swarming me. And I, I threw my... Uh, chicken strips and french fries up in the air and just ran for it and uh, it was very terrifying and tra traumatic and I'm slightly scarred by the situation but um, it's I don't know where I was going with this but um, I should not have let those birds come near me I shouldn't have fed the first one I guess this is an analogy I can make um, I could have kept them away by shooing them away 
but no, I, I fed it and uh, it came up. They started coming more often and eventually, I mean, there was nothing I could do to keep my food in the same way. Uh, say I have a sin about lust and, you know, idea pops in my head and I'm like, Oh, well, let me, let me feed it a little more. And, you know, it'll, it'll eventually go away. I feed a little more and eventually I give in to that sin and in the same way with my bird story, you know, I fed them a little more and they, they just, I, they gave in, they attacked, they <laughs> swarmed me in the same way with lust and sin in general. You have to nip it in the bud um, as soon as that idea pops in your head. Carrying on into the next and last three verses of this episode. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. When I think gifts, I think of things like Christmas and things like birthdays. You know, you receive gifts during these times. And the greatest gift that we have ever received is Christ's um, death on the cross. And that sounds a little morbid to people that aren't Christians, you know. This guy died. It is the greatest gift, you know. (laughs) I mean, they must think that this guy was the worst, you know. As soon as he died, everything was good. But no, no, everything was good because of what he died for. He died for our sins, you know. That is the greatest gift we've ever received. And that's not necessarily what James is talking about here. In verse 17, it says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every good thing that we've ever had, every nice moment we've had, every good family member, every, you know, relationship, money, house, whatever it may be, everything we've ever had, is from God. And there's no reason that we think we should deserve more. Um, That's a selfish mindset. And it's one that I feel like happens way too often in our culture today. You know, people are like, I deserve more. I, I need this house. I need this job. I need this money. I need this starting position in a sports team. I need all of these things because I deserve it. You know, I put in the work. I deserve it. Um, But everything that we think we deserve, we don't. We deserve death. And I'm trying to remember. I think it's Romans 6.23, maybe. Um, Let me make sure on that, that I'm not lying to you. Verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I was right. Okay, so um, we sin daily, and that's inevitable. You know, every single day we will fail God. Um, that's, it's going to happen. I hate to tell you. I mean, I'm, I've been a Christian, let's see seven years now, like 
fully dedicated Christian, and I still sin very often, and it sucks, and that's probably not going, or I don't know why I said probably, it's not going away because of my human nature. There are people in their 80s that have been saved since they were 10 that will continue to sin every single day because of our human nature. And it sucks because, I mean, I can only imagine when I'm 80 and I've been a Christian for, how many years would that be? 63 years. Um, I'll, I'll still disappoint God with my way of life. And that, that sucks. Um, but we have this free gift of God and eternal life in Christ Jesus, you know. But we don't deserve it. We deserve death. You know, we, we are essentially a child on Christmas. Or, or here's, here's a good analogy. If anybody's ever watched Harry Potter, um, Dudley, I'm trying to remember what was the last name of it. Uh, Harry Potter's cousin, I think it's, yeah, it's his cousin, um, Dudley, he got birthday presents. In the first movie, he got fewer birthday presents than he had last year. It was like 45 presents or something crazy like that. And um, he was mad at it. He was like, I, I, I got more last year. I deserve more. But he really didn't. He was a horrible kid. Um, if spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Harry Potter, um, so he, he didn't deserve these gifts and he yelled at his parents and yelled at Harry and he was very angry with them, but he didn't deserve it. He deserved to get his butt whooped for being honest. Um, <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, he didn't deserve it and he got him anyway and we are the same way with God, you know. We had this wonderful life, and I'm sure many listeners live in America. I think, if I remember the demographics, like 92% of people listening to this podcast live in America. And we are blessed with that, you know. <laughs> There's no greater gift in my mind than living in America right now. You know, we have this freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of everything essentially, that's not illegal, you know, <laughs> uh, we have this freedom, and we have free will from God, we, most of us have good families, members, um, friends, churches, pastors, whoever it may be, that are great influences on us, we can go to school, we can uh, play sports, we have all these beautiful opportunities, and this never really resonated with me until I went on a mission trip to Brazil. And I truly garnered the privilege that I have living in America. Um, they, there's people over there that know nothing but poverty. And there are people in America that know uh, po poverty very well. Um, I'm from the Delta, which is one of the poorest regions in all of America. But even then, we have more over here than any of the people in Brazil that aren't the super rich, you know, people. They're 
so like even even the poorest people here would be considered average to above average wealth over there and they you couldn't tell it you you would go over there and you would think those people have it all you know they're happy they'll they just want to just play with you and um the kids like you know they they might not have a meal a whole day or or weeks or probably not weeks because they would die um like days without food and their houses are super super run down and essentially shacks um and you you would just think these kids are living the life the way they act and that's something i hope um our our nation can get back into is just you know having the mindset that we're blessed we are truly blessed to live in america and that's that's truly a gift from god that i i'm so grateful for um just to live in a area where i don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from you know so that that's my that's my take on the free gift of god or every good gift and perfect gift from god is from above um that's that's so important to realize that how blessed we are as Christians living in America. And obviously, um, in the last verse, it says, Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. While all the things I mentioned before about living in America and, you know, having good family members and good pastors and churches and schools and everything is great. I absolutely am blessed for that. There's no greater gift than the one God gave us being Jesus Christ. Him dying on the cross for us is a gift that we could no longer, we could not repay in in an infinite amount of years. There's nothing that we can do to repay that. And, And that's the truly great part of it of God showing his love by sending his son to die for us. And there's no greater sacrifice from God than that. And he did it for free. He doesn't expect payment. All he expects is love and dedication to him. And that's that's truly great to see. So that's going to wrap up the lesson part of this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And let's get in to the recommendation section. So my recommendation for this week is going to be something I referenced in the lesson today. And that is Unanswered Prayers by Garth Brooks. And it's not a technically a Christian song. Uh, it's a country song. And essentially the summary of the song This guy goes to a high school football game where he used to go to high school and he sees his old high school girlfriend and he was talking to her and he realized during that moment that all those times where he he prayed that he could just be with her and they'd get married and everything was 
an unanswered prayer by God that it was truly a blessing because he looked at his wife and his kids and he was truly happy because he knew that God knew what was best for him. And I think that's a really good lesson that we should take away that whatever we're going through, whatever we're praying for, it might not be what's best for us. Remember, God has a plan. Everything he does, he has a purpose for it. I think it's in Romans 8, 28, I think it's the verse. Let me make sure on that. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Everything's going to work out. And you can pray about stuff, and you should pray about stuff, it might not get answered, but there's a reason it wasn't. And that's the point of the song. I, I think you guys should check it out. It's not on YouTube or Spotify, but Amazon Music has it. And I think Fred's, If is Fred's still open? I, I don't know. If Fred's is still a store, I think it, a lot of them closed down. I know the one that Mark's did. But I found a thing, a bunch of CDs from Garth Brooks for like $10. It was every CD he, he had made. And it was really cool. So if you can find that, get it. It's really great. So that's my recommendation. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll get into the outro. So that's going to do it for episode 19 of Young and Biblical and James 1 Part 2. If you enjoyed, please follow us on Spotify to keep up to date on episodes whenever we release them. And you can follow us on Facebook at Young and Biblical. You can follow us on Twitter at Biblical Young, and you can follow us on Instagram at Young and Biblical. And that all being said, next week we'll be having James 1 Part 3. Um, if there's any ideas that you guys want me to do for future episodes, um, you can email me at youngbiblical at gmail.com, or you can DM me on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, you can, I think you can instant direct message on Facebook. I don't know. I don't get on Facebook often. So that all being said, I really got, really, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm really enjoying doing this series. I'll see you next week with James 1 part three.